This is Family Sunday, and I was handed something uh, just not, not too long ago, and I'm going to ask you uh, first, well, you'll see it here in a moment. I'm going to have to turn my mic off for a second, so just wait. Where's the mic part? Does anybody know what this is? I don't want to fall. Okay, who am I? There you go, yeah, I'm an alien. Now, because that hurts my ears. <laughs> Thanks, Karen. Is that you, Karen? Yeah, you're more attractive with the mask on. I know that. Okay, so to the kids in the room, uh, John, I'll ask you first. Uh, does, the, does the Bible talk about aliens? You say no. Catherine, what do you think? Does the Bible talk about aliens? What do you think? Maybe. Okay, have a no, have a maybe. Let's come over here. Asher? <laughs> resident aliens, yeah. So not like aliens from outer space, but resident aliens. Yeah, now, I mean, if I showed up looking like this on a given Sunday, that would probably be a little weird, don't you think? Like, it would look, I would look weird. It does hurt your ears to have any kind of conversation in this. But, I mean, honestly, not too bad. Yeah, it's, it, it's crazy to think about. The Bible actually does talk about aliens. It talks about aliens in two different ways. One of those ways is what uh, Asher shared uh, which is those who uh, don't belong to a certain country, who they come in to the land. It's, in fact, you'll hear this a lot in the Old Testament, where God tells his people, the nation of Israel, to be kind to strangers or aliens who are among them coming into the land. And he gives a reason. He goes, because you were aliens in the land of Egypt. So he says to the Israelites, his chosen people, be kind to aliens because you know what it's like to be in a land that's not your own land. So that's the way that we probably think about it the most is aliens among us. Like So <clears throat> again, if you're new, uh, like if this is your first or second or fifth Sunday at Genesis, you might feel like an alien uh, where you kind of come in from and you go, oh, well, you guys stand. We always forget, right? Like sometimes we forget to tell you. <clears throat> we'll put this aside. I know you're more interested in this right now. Um, so we'll put it right there behind uh, Ms. Courtney for when we sing, you can just stare at the alien mask. So that's thing number one, aliens among us. But then there's another way that the Bible speaks about aliens, and that is where you, we, God's people, those saved by grace through faith in Jesus, that we don't belong in the world. And so one way is one person from one country not belonging to that country. But that idea is then applied to those who belong to Jesus to say, and you are Aliens in a world that doesn't understand your ways. Because a country or a kingdom has a certain way of operating, has a certain way of understanding, it has a certain way of a certain rules by which it abides and follows. And that's what happens when you go from one country to another, or when you are a citizen of God's kingdom and you live your life out every day. So it's crazy to think that that mask is really, we are all aliens if we're in Christ today. If we belong to Jesus, we're in aliens. Uh, we are aliens because we have a way of operating 
that is different than the world's ways. We have a different leader, a different ruler. We follow a different code. And so today we're going to talk about the alien way. This is where, if you have your sheet, this comes in handy. Like I said, one, one here, one here, and one here. These are the sermon points for the day. One, two, three. Uh, and we're going to go through these based upon Jesus' words and talk about the way the world handles. And when I say the world, I mean those who are not a part of God's kingdom, not a part of God's world. How does the world handle aliens? We're in a part of the Gospel of John where Jesus has been talking to his disciples, preparing them for some specific ways they need to relate after he leaves, and that's his ascension. He sends the Holy Spirit. One way that we talked about two weeks ago was how they relate to him, that they would abide in him. Last week, we talked about how his disciples are supposed to relate to one another, that they are to love one another, that they're to care for one another, that this is how we actually obey the commands of Jesus to love one another. And then today, we get the way that we relate to the world. So there's a relationship with God that Jesus teaches us about. There's a relationship with other disciples which Jesus teaches us about. And then there's a relationship with the world that we have. And so here's your first one. You see this angry emoji right here? This is the first point. And right underneath that, you can color in the emoji all day. Even dads, moms, you can color it in too. Um, but right under that, I want you to write the word hatred if you have it. The first word is hatred. That the, the alien way is hated by the outside world. Jesus actually prepares his disciples for that. If you look at verse 18, he says this, the world hates you. If the world hates you, know that it hated me first. It hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, meaning those systems and those ways that oppose God, if you actually belonged to the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but Jesus chose his disciples out of the world, therefore the world hates you. And so Jesus is saying, just as the world hates me, the world will hate you. Now, that is not the most comfortable idea to think about. But the ways of Jesus aren't like the ways of this world. So we can put it like in a family sense, right? I bet every family in here has some kind of set of rules, right? You have some kind of way that you operate, your way, your mom or your dad or your grandfather or your grandmother want you to operate. Hey, and when you're in our house, you operate in this way, and some of you have crazy rules. And they're bizarre. It's like, hey, we don't, we don't do that or we don't talk like that. I'm like, I know, I should probably teach my kids to talk better, but I'm sorry they're in your house. Uh, you know, we get emails from school about ways our kids are misbehaving, and I'm just like, yep. Uh, that's, we are, we're bad at that. We're not the best parents in that regard. Uh, so sorry about that. I, we'll tell them to do better. Uh, but if they don't, they're still our kids. Uh, so we, uh, we probably need a few more rules in our house, but sometimes uh, the way God's people are to operate in his world, the way that he wants us to operate and serve him and follow him, actually look bizarre to the world, and the world would hate them. Well, here are just some ways. I mean, let's think about the ways that Jesus teaches us here. Uh, these are things that you've learned, I believe, in kids' ministry already, that, uh, <clears throat> that Jesus, for example, treats his family lovingly. That he, that he, and he actually considers his disciples to be his family. There's a story in the Bible where some people are coming to Jesus and they use, uh, hey, your, your, your family's looking for you. 
Your mom's looking for you. Your, your siblings are, everyone, everybody, your siblings are looking for you. And, and he looks around to the people who are in the room with him. And he says, who, who's my family? The one who does the will of my father is my mother and my sister and my brother. So Jesus treats those who belong to him as family. We read earlier in the beginning of the Gospel of John that those who believed in him, he gave the right to become children of God. Jesus treats his family lovingly. Jesus also, though, treats strangers lovingly, doesn't he? He's very kind to outsiders. He's very generous with outsiders. He's very interested in what's going on in their lives. He treats his family lovingly, and he treats strangers lovingly, and he treats his enemies lovingly. People who hate him because he is loving, because he is gracious, because he is truthful. He even dies on the cross. We're getting to that in the Gospel of John. He dies on the cross for people who hated him. Later on, there's a man who was changed by Jesus. His name is the Apostle Paul. And Jesus says, or Paul says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still enemies of God, Jesus died for us. Another thing that's a little uncomfortable, Jesus tells us the truth about ourselves. He actually speaks to us about who we are and what he sees. And when there's sin in us or disobedience or ways where we don't align with his purposes, he will communicate that to us. And he does that through his word. He does that through our family. He even does that through our friends, which is not always fun. But can you imagine as you live that way, if you live in a loving way where you serve or you care about enemies, think about that. As the world, as we try to live in the alien way of Jesus, what do those around us who maybe don't belong to Jesus begin to think? They think you're crazy. They think you're crazy. And so what are some ways that that might happen? Well, easily, especially if you think about just following Jesus. I know if you're a kid in particular, it happens as an adult too, but we just try and hide it. But when you're a kid in this room, like fitting in is pretty important, right? Like nobody likes to be the odd man out. Nobody likes to be the odd woman out. No one likes to look like they don't know what's going on. It's a terrible feeling to be left out, isn't it? It's a terrible feeling to feel like you don't belong. And especially when you're 8, 9, 10, 12, 18, 68, especially when you're young. That was for you, Johnny. Even when you're young, always young at heart. Belonging feels so important. And Jesus is telling his disciples, you know what? The world doesn't want you to belong here. You might be left out, you might be mistreated, you might be made fun of for your kindness. Imagine that there's somebody in your class that no one else in your school likes. Maybe they're disruptive, they're angry, they hurt, they're rude, they bully. And you don't want to be treated like that either, but you also understand the alien way a little bit. And so you go, well, I'm going to be kind to an enemy I'm going to be kind and serve somebody who is rude to me or rude to my classmates. I'm going to do that because I understand that's the way that Jesus would treat them. But what begins to happen if you do that is that your friends may now think that you've changed sides. Hey, why would you be friends with them? Why would you serve them? Why would you follow them? Why would you be kind to them? And so you feel again left out. Why? Because you're following the alien way. Your parents might be mistreated. Because they belong to Jesus. 
And you have to live with that. And it can be really disorienting and really uncomfortable. But Jesus gives words of comfort to us in that moment where he goes, if the world hates you, just know that it's because you belong to me. Because it hated me first. That yes, they will mistreat you. Yes, they will. There's a word, revile. Can you say that with me, kids? Revile. Revile. Let's hear it. Revile. Yeah, it's a weird word. I doubt you will use it. Uh, you, might, you might misspell it in a spelling bee or something like that. Uh, but it's not a word that we kind of use all the time. It's, it's kind of only a word you use when you're reading the Bible. Uh, but, but we have this understanding that the world might hate us. Hatred. Angry emoji face. But Jesus is a comfort bringer. He actually teaches us something. I want us to go to the second one. Now, what does that look like? Catherine, what does this look like right here? What do you think? He's playing an instrument? That's right. It looks like he's playing an instrument. That there's a little emoji there, and he's blowing on a trumpet or something like that, right? A bugle, probably. It's probably a bugle. An emoji bugle. I want you to write, or you can color that nice emoji man in, but I would like you to write under that one, help. Hatred is that first idea. Help is the second one. John, what's that second word? What did I just say? Help? Good job. Yeah, he's looking at me going, what? That's right. Hatred, the world will hate you because of your identity to Jesus, with Jesus. Help is that Jesus sends us the Holy Spirit to guide us, and to help us to speak about him in hard times. That's why he's playing an instrument. That's why the emoji's playing the instrument. To, to, to herald, to draw attention to something that Jesus said. This is actually what Jesus says in verses 26 and 27. But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. Bear witness. What does that mean, to bear witness? To speak about it. To speak about it. So, what are some easy things? If kids, if you're comfortable, you can yell it out at me. If you're not comfortable, we'll just, we'll just move along. That looks awesome. It's very nice. So, what are, what are some things? Let's try it. Joe, what is something that's really easy for you to talk about? Baseball, is that what you said? Yeah, easy to talk about baseball. Why? Yeah, because you know it, because you know it. Uh, Abram, what's something that's easy for you to talk about? Just staring me down? All right, Asher? I can't hear you. Nothing? Cademan? Don't know, Ethan? What? Another baseball? Yeah, okay. Anybody have anything but baseball? What do you have? Games in your room, is that what he said? Oh, I like to play games by the rules. There you go. I love that, yeah, got another hand raised. What do you like to talk about? Candy, oh, who, okay, hold on. By show of hands, adults too, who likes to talk about candy? Yeah, I think you're in good company here. Uh, we're all in good company with that. That's right. Here's the whole point is that things that we're familiar with, Joe, you said that. Things that we're familiar with, we have no problem talking about. 
Things that we're familiar with, we have no problem talking about. And what Jesus says here is, when the world hates you, please know that I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit who proceeds from the Father, and you will be able, because of that, to bear witness about me. Here's what's beautiful about that. Let's take, Joe, if I could have your spirit, the things that you loved, okay? Everything that you loved, if I could take those and put them in me, would it be easier for me to talk about them? If I have every way you feel about it, and I say, hey, let me just have that, it would be so much easier for me to speak about it. Why? Because I have the spirit of Josiah living in me. Now, you may have even heard this at a funeral. Has anybody ever been to a funeral in any way, any kind? Yeah, I've been to a funeral. And one thing that you might say to the family of somebody who has passed on is to say, I see them in you. You know, I, I see your mom in you, or I see your, uh, your dad in you, or I see the spirit of your grandmother. And what they mean by that is like, something about your character, something about what, how, you, how you operate, how you love, how you, how you serve. I see that in you. And so what we get from Jesus is his very spirit. Now think about this, the things that he loves, the things that he hates, the things that are cared about, all those things get put in the disciple so that we can speak about it, so that we can understand it, so that we can follow it. So when there's hatred from the world, Jesus essentially says, but don't worry about that. Don't worry about that because you will have the Spirit and the Spirit's going to give you everything you need to talk about me. You will bear witness, he says in verse 27, because you've been with me from the beginning. And so Jesus' disciples can talk about Jesus' ways. They can do this because they have his Spirit, which then, if you were with us two weeks ago, when we talked about abiding and remaining in my word, abiding by my word, as we understand more of God's character through his word, we are able, the spirit helps us to speak about it, to live like that, to follow it to the point in the alien way that when the world is mocking us or the world is making fun of us or what we do seems odd, we actually know it's not because we're representing our savior, Jesus We're representing his ways to this world. We're serving in an alien way because Jesus has given us the power to do it. So hatred is that first idea. Help, help to speak, help to talk, help to bear witness. That's that second idea. Now this third one's a little, yeah, this one you might need a little help with because you're like, why is there an alien hugging his own heart, hugging her own heart right there? Uh, And I understand that. But I love this one because this third idea is to hang on. Hang on to the alien way. Keep living as that alien. Now listen to what Jesus says as we get into chapter 16. Jesus kind of summarizes his statement. He goes, I have said all these things to you to keep you from, and what's it say right there at the end? You can say it out loud. Falling away. I have said these things to you to keep you from falling away. And this is what's great is Jesus knows. I don't even have by show of hands. I can just say it. It following after Jesus, honoring Jesus, obeying Jesus, serving Jesus, being made fun of, being mocked, following the alien way, Jesus' way every day, that's really hard. It's hard. It's hard in a world that has no interest in it. 
no care for it, no desire to see you or your Savior. It is a difficult thing day after day to go, okay, I'm in. Remember how we talked about that even last week? Last week we were talking about how we might commit ourselves to go, no, I really do want to serve. I want to know. I'm going to read God's word. I'm going to study it. I'm going to understand it because I want to live for Jesus. And that might last us like three, four, or five days. And then we just kind of go, ah, it's just hard. It's difficult. It's difficult to put in time and energy, pay attention to our heart, pay attention to the Lord's word. But Jesus knows that. And he goes, I'm telling you these things to keep you from falling away. That you wouldn't leave me. Because he's what's best for us. His ways are what's best for us. And so he doesn't want us to even try in the alien way to look outside and go, maybe I should try in living the way the world does. Maybe I should just try that for a little while. Maybe I should just pursue that for a little while. Maybe I should be rude. Maybe I should be more angry. Maybe I should mock my friends. It feels better to fit in than it does to stand out. I don't want to do that. And so Jesus says, I say these things to you to keep you from falling away. He actually gives an example, which may not be familiar to us, but it's much more familiar than we realize. He says, they, those who don't belong to him, they'll put you out of synagogues. The synagogue is where a Jewish person would go to worship at that time, and even now. Uh, But they would go to, imagine it's kind of like coming to a place, you hear hear the scripture, there'll be somebody who teaches. So it's a similar kind of thing, but it's it's not geared toward the person of Jesus. And so he's going, you're going to come into synagogues, you're going to represent me, and they're going to say, get out. Get out. We don't want you here. We don't want your Savior here. We don't have any interest in this. Get out. So he goes, I'm keeping you, I'm telling you these things so that you won't fall away. The world is going to kick you out of synagogues. The hour is coming when somebody's going to kill you. Whoever kills you. Now, is that the most confident thing? Can you imagine your mom or dad sending you off to school and going, now, just so you know, you may die today. Enjoy it. All right, have a great day at school. You'd be like, uh... I'm good. I'm thinking I'm just going to stay home. Whoever kills you will think he's offering service to God. Because the world thinks that hating Christians is a good thing to do. It's a good thing to do. We don't have to be afraid of that. Why? Because we belong to Jesus. And Jesus has been everywhere, everywhere that he would ever ask us to go. He's experienced everything and more than he would ever ask us to experience. And so we have that hope to endure, to continue, to remain. And here's the thing, because I know many of the kids in this room. So kids, I need you to look at me real quick, if you can. All you kids in the room, I know you. I know your parents. I know your grandparents. And I know that your parents can be crazy sometimes. I know that too. They can be ridiculous. They can have rules. And you're like, and you'll go, well, these don't, this family doesn't have those rules. And that family doesn't have those rules. And I don't like the way, I don't like that we can't do these kinds of things. I want to do these kinds of things. Why can't we do that? My kids, you know, bemoan a timer for the computer. It's like, yeah, set the timer, click, right? It actually looks a lot like this sermon timer that I use. Um, and so, you know, set your time. You're like, why do we do that? Right? They have to beg us for extra time. And we're like, well, yeah. <laughs> Yelling at each other even now. But to all, all of you in the room, 8, 9, 89, whatever you would be, I know your parents want what is best for you. 
I know their concern is for you to grow up in a world that is going to hate you and be able to stand firmly and confidently in who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for you. And I also know that many of your parents didn't have that. They didn't have that person who was helping to guide them, instruct them, care for them, pray for them, serve them, love them, support them. I know they didn't have that in many cases. And so sometimes they're shooting from the hip, which means they're just trying. They're not sure how it's going to go. But I do know they want the best for you because they want to see you stand so confidently in who Jesus is. They want you to follow after him. And though it would even hurt a parent to see their child take a stand for something that is true and be mocked for it or laughed at for it, honestly, it might be the thing that would make them the most proud. Because if they can help you find your confidence and your identity in the person of Jesus and what he provides for you to live in this world even when they're gone, there would be nothing better. So parents in the room, I would say this to you. If you have neglected your attention to your children or to your grandchildren, specifically in your prayers, but also in your instruction. Specifically in your prayers, but also in your instruction to them that they would be able to abide by this. That your goal, maybe your aim, has been that they would love being around you and whether or not that's the Lord is secondary. If that's something that's gone on, right, we can repent and move on and in God's grace go, no, we're gonna, we're gonna, we need to abide as a family by the alien way. We're gonna look a little different and that's okay. We're gonna spend time a little differently and that's okay. We're gonna put energy into different things as a family and that's okay. We might even vacation differently and that's okay. We're gonna spend Sundays differently and that's okay. Why? Because we wanna ab- abide, that's the word Jesus used two weeks ago, in our passage, we want to abide in the way of Jesus so that we can live for Jesus. And then, to bring back our friend from earlier, remember him? All right, remember that guy? <clears throat> this is, if anybody wants to use this tomorrow as you, you know, maybe trick or treat, yeah? You have to ask your grandparents. I'm not going to just hand it off, but if Johnny's okay with it, then we'll consider it. You raise your hand first. And then Jacob's second. So Jacob, if, if he says, yeah, Cynthia's already, nope, nope, nope. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, I know. I don't have a lot of masks. Uh, Lindsay, we should have ordered more masks. Yeah. But what starts to happen is you just continue to remain in the ways of Jesus and you follow the heart of Jesus. You stop actually feeling different. You realize all of a sudden that that's just normal. It's just what we do. It's how we operate, it's how we talk, it's how we serve, it's how we care, it's how we spend our time, it's what we love. And why wouldn't we follow our Savior who has given us everything and done anything that he would ask us to do and gone through anything that he would send us through and has prepared us in every way to endure whatever might come. It is so gracious to have a teacher in Jesus who says, let me tell you how it's going to be. Let me tell you how, it's, how I'm going to prepare you. And let me tell you why it even matters. Hatred, the world will hate you. Help, I'll send you the Spirit. So hang on 
because it will at times be hostile, and that's okay. Because anything that the world has done to Jesus is worse than what the world will do to us. And the beautiful thing is we belong to Jesus. If we belong to Jesus, we follow him gladly and joyfully and we get him forever. So I'd like to pray for us now that we would follow in the ways of Jesus every breath that he gives us, okay?